0: Hope City Church Facebook page and find the Facebook Live we did uh, yeah. with that content. So um so yeah, just pumped about today. And I want to give you just uh, a couple of those little disclaimers, little prefaces, heads up here about where we're going today. We are talking about sex. Okay? Someone <laughs> just whisper it with me. Alright, don't let anybody know that we're talking about sex and um so just a couple of things we want to, to lay out here first is that this is probably like PG-13 plus, uh, 14, PG-15, something like that. Um, and obviously we're not going to be crude or anything, but we are going to talk about a lot of different areas that the Bible talks about or society tries to talk to us about. And so just wanted to give you a heads up, not judging you at all. If you want your, you know, you ever been to the movies, is random, you ever been to the movies? And like you know, the next time the scary movie or something. You look over, and like mom of the year's got a six-year-old over there. I'm like, what? <laughs> I am totally judging her. But anyway, um, so just heads up about that. that. Um, if you've been coming to Ocean Church for a while, then you know me, um, and you can trust my heart. You know that I love you. You know that I love Jesus. Some of you, you are like, new here, visiting, or maybe you haven't been here a long time, and we're going to be jumping in. So many, um, just like dangerous topics today, uh, that we need to go ahead and just jump to like level 25 friendship, all right? And just, I need you to just trust that I love Jesus and that I love you, and that when I say some things today that may be offensive to you or may, uh, be like, whoa, like, why is he talking to me like that? Why, Why? stop growing, but when we decide to engage, lean in and say, this may be painful, this may be hurtful, but i got to figure out why this bothers me so much, uh, then that is where we have the greatest opportunity for growth. So I just want to encourage you today a couple different times when maybe we say something and it's like, just lean into that and engage in that a little bit and, uh, and, and it'll be good. The last thing I want you to know is that we're probably, for some of you in the room, we're going to say some obvious things today. We don't want to assume or to take for granted that everybody is on the same page. We don't want to assume that everybody's mom and dad told Andrea and I, they told you what our parents told us, or that you grew up in a church, or that you have read what the Bible has to say about tax. And so, um, like, we we're, there's going to be some starting points. We're going to be like, yeah, yeah, those, like, get to the other stuff, like. But we, we just think it's important that all of us um, are able to. To, to take some steps. There are going to be some some obvious things today, and you're going to think that everybody knows that, and somebody's going to be hearing it for the very first time. And so, so we just want to give you a heads up on that. All right. So there was a therapist who um, who had this theory that married men who have sex once a day are the happiest in life. All right. And so he wanted to test out this theory. So he was at a conference where he was sharing and. He looks out at the room and he says, if you are married, I'm not asking married men to participate in this right now, if you are married and you make love with your wife once a day, uh, raise your hand. Because so, you know, some guys raise their hand and they are grinning from year to year. I mean, this, and the, 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 the guy's just thinking of stuff like, their is thinking, my theory looks to be true. So, he says, okay, put your hands down, if you are here, you're a married, man, and you have sex with your wife once a month, raise your hand. A lot more guys raise their hand. And they're, you know, smiling, but not smiling as much. So he's thinking, yeah, this is true. This is what I thought. So he says, put your hands down. He says, is there anybody here you, you would say, like, yeah, me and my wife only have sex once a year? And in the back of the room, this older guy, like, throws both hands up, and he's grinning and laughing. He's like, he's like, me, me, me. And the therapist is like, what's going on? Like, why is he so happy Like this is? This kind of goes against my period. He goes back to the guy, he's like, sir, why are you so happy? You only have sex with your wife once a year. And the guy looks at the therapist and he's like, tonight, tonight! Complicated, emotional topic. Uh, sex is much more emotional than physical, right? And it's it's such an emotional topic. For some of you here, when I say the word sex, um, because of abuse in your life, uh, sex is a very painful uh, word. It, it, it's a very it's a very dirty word, like that, that. That because of secrets and 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 pain, that something that was done to you or. Way ahead of schedule, and so like as we talk about it, we're gonna be joking about it, laughing about it. It's not funny for you because of something that's happened in your past. We get that, but here's what I want you to know today: is like my prayer is that God would do a new thing in your life. You would turn the page, and that you would be able with with miraculous intervention and, and help from professional people and and the power of God to be able to, to turn and embrace. Uh, sexuality and sex the way that God, you know, w- wants you to. Uh, for some of you in here, when I say the word sex, um, you know, like sex is very secretive. Like maybe you grew up in a religious environment where just no one talked about it. Like the preacher didn't talk about it, the church didn't talk about it, your parents didn't talk about it. Everybody's having babies, nobody talking about it. And uh, after Andrew and I got married, we were talking about this idea, and it funny because she said to me, she's like, you know, it's so crazy because. Christian old ladies were in the church and, like no one's talking about sex and then I invite them to like my bridal shower and they buy me like a boa and uh, and then like <laughs> like, I, like I found out like Sister Betty's a freak like I didn't even <laughs> like that Sunday school here you know that. and so well, what's crazy is that sex can go from being sinful one moment and not being sinful the next and so like it is crazy, like, in the church, if you grew up in the church, it's like, no sex, no sex, no sex, no sex, no sex, and you're like, yeah, okay. And then, like, you get married, and everybody's like, sex, and you're like, what happened? <laughs> and it was, it's just, it, because it was so secretive, and, and we don't want that to be the case around here, we want to talk about it, right? And for some of you in here, um, for, for you, I forgot, sex is, uh, is, is, is perverted, like, because of addictions to pornography, and, because of uh, just misinformation, just things in your life. When I say sex, it, it's just uh, it's just not the way that God wanted it to be, created it to be, and it is taking you down this path, this dark, uh, perverted path. And so, our prayer is just that God will begin to really do a healing process mentally for you um, to help you, to, to especially if you're married, but as you plan on getting married, like to be able to have this. God-centered view of, uh, of what sex is, okay? And so what Andrew and I are going to do today is uh, we're going to give you, We have so much stuff that we want to talk about, Matter in fact, last night we were working on this, and we're just like, maybe we need to talk about this for two weeks, but I didn't have the uh, courage. So um, so we, have, we actually have 10 things that we want to get to. there's no way we're going to get to all 10, uh, we tried to do it in the first service and, and just ran out of time, there's no way we're going to get to all ten. Well, we're just going to pick out some of the best of these and talk about sex for married couples, talk about sex for non-married couples, single individuals, um, and, what about this and, and, and what that means for us, all right? So here we go. Maybe you want to take some notes. It's going to be a little bit random. We're going to kind of throw out some stuff and talk about it. try be as honest as we can? And then uh, also, I forgot to tell you, if you have a question, you want to answer questions at the end, if you have a question, uh, text it to... 208-8872, and we're going to answer those at the end uh, as much as we have time for, okay? So if you have questions as we're talking, go ahead and text us to 208-8872. Okay, here we go. First statement that we want to talk about is that the Bible, the Bible is our source for what's true about sex. The Bible is our source for what's true about sex. And this is so important because everyone in society and culture has messaging about sex for you. The movies that you watch, the music that you you listen to, um, interviews, blogs, magazines, that you read, like everybody, your buddies that you talk to at the bar, your girlfriends you hang out with, like everybody's got a stance on sex, an opinion about sex, a view on sex, a philosophy about sex, a theology about sex. And so it's very important. That we make our foundational piece about sex because the Bible has a lot to say about it, and the is filled with examples of people who screwed it up and, and, and sex like messed up their life and their family. And so, the Bible has a lot to say about it, and so we've got to start at the point where we say the Bible is our source for what's true about sex. Everyone outside of the Bible. somehow connected to this idea, just do what makes you happy. Just do what makes you happy, right? If it makes you happy, if it makes you feel good, then, then do it, right? That's not what the Bible teaches us. The Bible teaches us that God's best way is the best way and does provide the best opportunity for happiness and wholeness and, and that His way is the best way, but the way that we get to that happiness and that wholeness is usually a completely different track. Has anybody experienced in life, if you've been alive long enough, has anybody experienced in life that usually your way hurts a lot more than God's way? And that God's way works a lot more than than your way. You say it around here like this, that God's way hurts. Or God's way works, my way hurts. And God's way works, my way hurts. So here are some things that the Bible says about sex. Okay, so we're starting as this foundational piece. The Bible is our source. Uh, For what is true about sex Here are some things that the Bible says about sex Uh, The biggest and most important thing the Bible says about sex Is that God created it And he wants you to enjoy it That God created sex And he wants you to enjoy it And that's so important because There again, depending on your religious views Or depending on uh, how you were raised Or what you think to be true about God You thought that God and religion was about Keeping you from anything enjoyable and now Genesis 131 says that God created everything, He created man, He created us, up. and Paul says that he looked at it, Genesis 131, it was good. Can I get an amen, fellas? It? it was good. Like God created it, it was good, and he wants you to enjoy it within the boundaries of the way that, that he lays it out. That God created sex and he wants you to enjoy it. And, and the Bible tells us, that tells us that sex doesn't have to be shameful when it's done God's way. We see that in Adam that they were naked and unashamed, which is unbelievable, like, that, that it doesn't have to be the walk of shame, you know, it doesn't have to be remorse and regret, it doesn't have to be that, alright, now I'm telling you this not to somehow build Andrew and I up or brag on us, but I just want you to know that we were virgins when we got married, so maybe you think that that disqualifies us from, like, understanding where you are. I don't know. Like for me, like I want to get financial advice from somebody who's not broke. You know, I want to get married. To somebody I've been married four times. I think we want to find out what God says about sex. Like, I think that qualifies us a little bit. But, I, but one of the things that we enjoy in our marriage, and I don't say this to make you feel guilty or make you feel bad, trust my heart. Remember what I said. One of the things that Andrea and I enjoy about sex, because we did it God's way with a couple of little detours and mistakes, but is that we come back. We have, uh, <laughs> but there's not shame attached to past decisions, regrets, former people that we slept with, or you know, ex-girlfriends on Facebook, or who's your first or my first, but like, for us, one of the beauties of, of that, and the way that God has gotten to be, and we just embrace that, is that, like, we can look at each other and be whole and not have that shame.
1: And again, the reason that we talk about that is simply to say, like, it can be done. Yep. Like, that there
0: husband and one wife. That sex is meant for one husband and one wife. That any kind of sex outside of the boundaries of one husband and one wife is sinful. It's not the way that God designed it to be. Everybody listen to me, alright? Everybody listen to me. Andrea Isaacs, my amazing wife of almost 13 years, is my only option for sexual gratification. She's it. That's it. There's no other options out there. And I don't feel like I have to fall in or that I'm missing out. I think it's amazing. But uh, if we're going to use the Bible for what's true about sex, then that means that when I said that I do, that means that it's me and her baby for death till death do us part and she is my only option for sex. Sex is not between two people who are really love each other. Sex is not for two people who would be married, but then they would lose their government benefits. So they're not married, but so they're but they're sleeping together because they're practically a family. Sex is not for two people who are lonely but need to hook up. According to God, sex is meant for one husband and one wife. Alright? So these are just some things that the Bible teaches us that we go to. Okay, God, what is true about sex? We'll get to some practical stuff in a second. But, like, what is the truth, God, about sex? Not what everybody else tells me. What is true? What's true is that God created it. What's true is that he wants you to enjoy it. What's true is that it's meant for one husband and for one wife. What's true is that it doesn't have to be shameful and it doesn't have to be streets of All those things are true. All right? And so we go to the Bible. That's the first thing we want to let you know today. So we go to the Bible as the source for... Uh, what's true about sex. The second thing that we want you to know, and and this is where we're going to start getting uh, practical a little bit, we're going to talk a little bit to married folk, and if you are not married and you're here today, we're going to talk to you in a little bit, but I do kind of feel a little bit bad because we're talking about sex and you don't get to have it. Um, But, so, the second thing that uh, we want you to know is that sex is the super glue of marriage. That sex is the super glue of marriage. Um, when we were thinking about this message, um, Andrea, I think, is actually the one who said it. I can't remember. I'm going to give her credit. She said, Really, Jason, here's what we're really saying. Here's the big idea. The big idea of this sermon is some of y'all are having sex, and you need to stop it. And some of y'all are not having sex, and you need to start it. That's the big idea of the marriage. And so we want to talk to all of the married couples in the room about why. Sex is so important, and the gift that God gave us with sex,
1: and how it is the super glue of marriage. So, we see in Genesis, because that has been kind of our reference point for a lot of this, that um, God is pretty direct. He says, Be fruitful and multiply. So, we know that one purpose of sex is obviously procreation. Uh, we believe strongly in that. for kids. On that. Four kids. Uh, but we also see that all throughout Scripture, that something with sex. And here's what it is. You ready? Two become one. And it's the only area of life it doesn't make sense. Mathematically, it doesn't make sense in any other context, but over and over and over in Scripture, we see that God does something absolutely supernatural and two become one. And so if you think about it as a metaphor for, you know, when you take glue and you're sticking something together, all right, that's super supernatural super glue metaphor, okay, um, that you're joining those two things together. Now, and can anybody like, go with me on this, for just a second? you remember being in, like, second grade, third grade, like, get the glue all over the paper, and it's, you're kind of, and then you take it off. You remember how Right, from the, the the first time that you try to stick something together, two things, and make it one, and you're pulling that apart, and you're trying to do something else with it, okay? It just makes so much sense to me, because we say things all the time, like, I just can't get over him," and we wonder why. You can only be one with one person. You can only be one with one person, and so in a marriage, in the context of marriage, that's
0: instead are not married, have lots of sex, ruin our lives in a lot of ways, get married, stop having sex. And God says, no, it's the the opposite. I want you to do it the the opposite way. So practically speaking, Andrea, there are lots of different reasons why married couples stop having sex. I mean, most people on like a honeymoon, their love and life, everything is great, gradually things begin to happen that that start... um, Breaking down that barrier, and one of the things we can't talk about all of them, but one of the things that we definitely wanted to hit on is is just kids. Like we love our kids, but so kids will kill your sex life, and and not even just because there's more people in the house, but like because we had like serious issues. I say we, it's mainly me, but we had some serious issues after we had our first kid because. And um, it's gonna make all the women in the room hate me, but. I said, we were, like, having some major trouble. We had a baby now. We had passed the whole doctor-don't-touch-each-other thing. And, and so, like, now we're, we're trying to figure out how we can, you know, get back together. And it just wasn't clicking, and we were fighting. And um, I said to you one night, I said, like, I feel like I lost my life. I feel like a mom moved in and my wife moved out. And you cried. I was a jerk. And, uh, and we had to talk through that. But then, we had to make some decisions. We'll talk about that in a little bit. We had to make decisions to try to fix that. But since that point, like, we've only added more kids into the picture. You know, kids sleeping in the bed. Uh, mom being touched by four kids all day, not wanting to be touched by her husband. Uh, fighting. Like, there are lots of people, as I'm talking right now, about the super loser. And it's not just wives, but if we're stereotyping, whoever the person in the relationship is not really touchy feelings, like, ah, oh, you know, really? You know, no. How do we balance?
1: It cannot just be a standpoint of, well, you know, this is where we're at, and I don't want to be touched because the kids have touched me all day, or I, you know, am not super secure about, you know, turn the lights off, like, all of this. Like, you have to be honest about those things and talk about it and work through them and kind of push through that, and we'll talk about what we did to break that cycle in just a second. So, like,
0: sometimes you gotta be like, girl, you look good in the maternity clothes. Yeah, come on. I get sick sometimes, or it's four in the morning and they wake me up and I'm like half asleep. I just grab them and go in the bed. Like, I get that. Um, but more times than not, 90 95% of the time, like, mommy and daddy are in the bed, you're in your bed, and from like the day we brought them home from the hospital, all of them but one, like, they were in their room. And I know when I say that, it's like, oh my gosh, there's so many emotions that go with that. Um, but I- I- I've talked to too many husbands. And I'm just, I'm just going to be blunt a little honest with you, ladies. I've talked to too many husbands who resent their wives and resent the fact that they had kids. Because once the kids got to get in the bed, dad had to move out. And so now you can't have sex because there's always a baby in between. And that may be a conversation you really want to have. And it's going to be tough. But Andrew and I just made the decision, we never said it like this, but we heard this recently and we love this, that we would rather the kids cry because they can't get in mom and dad's bed than cry because mom and dad are getting divorced because they had sex, you know, once a year for three years and dad did something stupid, okay? So, like, sorry, kids, love you, gotta cry, but you're not getting in this bed.
1: Is this so easy for moms. I mean, obviously, any of us would do whatever we can for our kids. I mean, it's just how we're hardwired. But it's just so easy to hide behind our kids. It's so easy to say, like, oh, well, you know, and uh, it's a real challenge. But you have to be intentional about kind of guarding, um, yeah. guarding all of that. We're not, I'm not going to fake it. Like, we're incredible at and night, like, all the time. Some couples in here are much better than us. But,
0: like, we're, we pay a lot of money every month for child care. Like, we're, our marriage is here. And then our kids are, like, you know, like, here. It's not equal. You know,
1: I say to my daughter
0: all the time, like, she'll say, do you love me as much as you love mommy? I'm like, no. (laughs) I love you so much. I I love mommy before you ever showed up. I love mommy. And I just want her to know that, like, it's marriage first. Because if we screw that up, the kids are going to be screwed up anyway, all right? And so it's going to be marriage first. And then kids. And what happens when we go out, pay for child care, go out on a date, or keep the kids in their room, or even out they're older, they have a bedtime. Because mommy and daddy need a little bedtime. And so, like... <laughs> source for what's true about sex, then we got to go to 1 Corinthians 7, 3-5 through and we'll put it on the screen for you. But it says the husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife. Alright, I'm in. And likewise the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body but yields it to her husband. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his body but yields it to his wife. Whatever you want to do, but do not deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time, so that you may devote yourselves to prayer, then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your love, lack of self-control. According to 1 Corinthians 7, 3-5, talking to husband and wife, here's what Paul is saying. Paul is saying that there are times in your marriage, because let's just be honest, like, like how often are you both on the same page? Seriously, okay? So let's just be honest and, and know that like, there are times when like duty is sexy. Like, it's, I'm kind of doing my duty. Now, don't get like all like mean and weird about it, like quoting scripture, like I don't even want to do it, but I'm a 1 Corinthians sevenist, right? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Go ahead. Obviously, that's not what I'm talking about, right? But I am saying that according to the Bible, that there, there is times when I'm not totally into this, but I want my man to feel special and incredible. And most importantly, I don't want him to be so tempted by a lack of self-control because he's not getting at home what it is that the Bible says that he needs to get at home. And so when I said, I do, and I love you, and I'm marrying you and making a vow to you, I am not saying my body is not mine, it is yours, and you're saying your body is not mine, it's not not yours obviously within reason, okay? Scientifically, they say that a man needs to, you know, have sex, you know what I mean, every two to three days, on average, every two to three days, right? And some guys are like, not me, man, I'm like, like, just calm down, all right? You know, watch this man, we got you, okay? But every two to three days, all right? So as you look at your marriage, and you need to have that conversation, because everybody knows that's an average, you need to have that conversation, like, realistically, like, how much should you know, how often should we be um, having that conversation? And then the last thing we just want to say to all the married people here, especially the guys, even though that pornography is not just a guy issue anymore, but we do just want to say this, I want to say this specifically to the guys, that sex is not work. Sex is not work. So if the only context that you have for sex is pornography, then the expectations that you are putting on your wife are so unreasonable, And they're they're destroying your sex life and your marriage life, okay? Your wife is not a porn star, okay? Pleasure is not the, the only purpose of sex. And so some of us in the room, like, we brought this idea that sex in marriage is porn. And so maybe we're disappointed in sex or we're not getting the output we thought we would get or whatever it is. Some of us within the marriage... Because things are not going the way that we think that they should go, we then go to pornography to find an outlet to to uh, you know to, to relieve ourselves because we're not getting what we want, and then we somehow think that like that's going to help us to, to when we come try to get back together like with our wife, like somehow that's going to help us. No, listen, handling it yourself with fantasies and and fake things is always going to be better physically than, than the real thing. Because it's you're in control 100% of the time. But God said there are two people involved in this relationship, and two emotions, and two bodies, and two souls, and two hearts. So yeah, of course porn is awesome. You you dictate the terms, and every woman does whatever you want, and what they, that's not the way marriage is, not the way sex inside marriage is, okay? So sex is not porn, sometimes sex is not always sexy, keep the marriage perfect, let me just do a million things at you, but it's so important. Sex is the super glue of marriage. And so for us, whenever, like, there's seems like there's 17 different problems in marriage, there's usually one problem. We're not having sex. And if we'll do that, then, then it, it seems to work everything out. Alright? So much stuff there, uh, but now let's transition for just a little bit to everybody in the room who's so frustrated right now, because we're talking about sex, and you're like, thanks, like you left this, that, and we don't get to have none, okay, so we want to we come back and talk about that a little bit, all right, here's what we want you to know, that God's rules for sex are to protect you, not to punish you, yeah. that God's rules for sex are to protect you, not to punish you, all right, there are maybe some, probably some in the room, you have never had sex before, and it's frustrating, and you're, you're And so now we've got these like hormones and sex drives and everything going like, gotta have it, gotta have it, gotta have it. And then a guy like me stands up there and says, but the Bible says don't. And it's like, how, how could God be so cruel? How could God do that to me? God's ways are always about what's best for you. He's not trying to take something from you. He's trying to protect you, not to punish you. Let me ask you a question. And I'm not asking you to answer, but I just want to ask you. For those of you in the room who have chosen to have sex outside of marriage, has it made your life better? Or has it made your life more complicated? Don't you think about it? Some of you, it's literally made it more complicated because now kind of, you got like baby daddy, baby mama, and you don't like them and you gotta deal with them because you got kids together. So I guess it's literally complicated. But even beyond that, emotionally it's complicated. Like, it's physically, some of you, is complicated. It's messed with your body. And so, yeah, all of the physical desire part where you say, like, man, sex would just feel so good in the moment. God created it. He's the ultimate creator. It's amazing. But now looking back, packing up all of the pieces of all of the sexual exploits and relationships and experiences that you have, has it made your life better?
1: Has it made your life more complicated? I also think it confuses us because we equate good sex with a good relationship and we don't have the ability to, to distinguish the difference. If the sex is bad, the relationship's bad. If the sex is good, the relationship's good. And that's just not a true reality. Um, so you you can your mind can play tricks on you
0: Person after person after person after person who is kicking themselves and living with regret. And here's what I want you to know today: Please don't be beating yourself up because sin is is attractive. And and there's a reason he ate that apple, and there's a reason that Samson slept with Delilah, and there's a reason Judas took that money. Like sin. It is there it's attractive, okay? Here's what we want you to know is that where you are now, wherever you are now, can be a starting point for purity. Like you don't have to use someone else's definitions of definition of purity. You can start right now, draw a line right now and say, from this point moving forward, will it be difficult? Oh yeah. Will it be challenging? Yes it will. Will it be testing my faith? Yes, it will. But while it would have been challenging anyway, the fact that it's more challenging rests on us because we woke it up. We woke it up before we were supposed to, to, to wake it up. You can start now and say, okay, God, now moving forward, I'm choosing, purity." God, now moving forward, I'm going to, to do it in the way that I'm, that I'm choosing to. Some of you in here, like you're not married and you're in a relationship. We've talked about it a bunch, and I'm pleased I don't want you to think I'm beating you up. I love you. Uh, I will marry you after church today. Like, let's do this thing, okay? Um, but I, I just like yeah. You're saying, wait a minute, Jason, like I am with this person, we have kids together, we're not married, and you're saying we should stop having sex? That's exactly what I'm saying. Because you owe her or you owe him the honor of of, of of doing it the way that God designed do it personally, man. Like, I wouldn't him if maybe wouldn't marry me personally, but like I, I just it's important that you make the decision to say starting right now, uh, we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it God's way. <laughs> it, it's something else. We're talking about all the things that to do with sex outside of marriage. And and Andrew said this little bit like sex will lie to your brain. Not having sex or having sex will lie to you. Uh, you'll feel like a relationship is good, is sex is good, relationship is bad. You'll feel like you're in love when you're just in love. Well, it's like, I love them, so I love them. Maybe. But you're probably, you know, you're probably, um, you're probably in love. Uh, you know, sex is a privilege. It's not a right. I knew this. You ever know something, but then you think about it and like then you really know it. It dawned on me the other day, and I can't believe I never really thought about this. I mean, I, I, I knew it, but it never was that way. That Jesus never had faith. I can kind of do that, but it never really, like, captured my attention. That Jesus never had faith. And you know he had groupies. <laughs> After he fed the five thousand and or walked on the water, you know he had girls like, how Bible says that we have a high priest who's tested and he was tested in every way. That means there was some hot girl who came up to Jesus and was like, I'll do anything you want. And he was a man. He was a human. He said no. And so Jesus gave us the example that wherever you're starting from right now, Jesus gave us that example that we can choose starting now abstinence. And it is you say, well, Jason, what if I have some sexual identity questions and issues and, like, my sexual attraction is on the, the, the non-heterosexual side and, and the Bible says it's one husband one wife? Are you saying that for the rest of my life I don't get to have sex? I'm not saying that. But that is what the Bible is saying. But that doesn't mean you can't be a Christian and follow Jesus. It may mean that you have to take up your cross and follow him and lay some things down that you've Worship more the than maybe you worship Him. But asking is this possible because Jesus showed us that it is. And so sex is a it privilege. It's not a right. It's not about your happiness. Um, it's, it, it, it's just not. It, it's, it's a gift to us. It's a gift to us when we do it and, and use it the way that God uh, intended for us to do that. And so here, here's the last thing. I'm making sure we hit all this. Uh, here's the last thing that we want you to uh, to know today. That God forgives, heals, and restores us from sexual sin. Yeah. Nobody's judging you. I love that in City Church, that, like, that you can come in here however you are, that he loves you just like you are, we love you just like you are, and that God doesn't look at you and say, oh, well, uh, Give your life to God. Trust Jesus with your life. And tell him, like, God, I'm sorry for what I've done, but I want to be a new person and I want to move forward doing it the way that you've created it to be. Will you be perfect? No, you will not. Will you make mistakes? Yes, you will. But you're not choosing to buy into the laws of culture and society to say, like, oh, just do whatever makes you happy, you'll be happiest. Like, go talk to someone who's kind of the world's way like it's just, they're just not, they're just not happy. All right? And so God forgives and restores us from our sexual, our sexual sin. You're not disqualified. You just want you to know that. If you're married and you cheated on your spouse and you're trying to work it out, it's incredible. You're not disqualified. God has incredible plans for your marriage. I actually believe the world needs to hear your story because there's so many people who are going through that right now. If you're here and you have an abortion, you're not disqualified. If you're here and you've got an SPD, you're not disqualified. If you're here, is like, whoa, you know not have this well, God. God's not intimidated or bothered. He wants to do something incredible. in All right? So if we want to, uh, we're going to answer some questions. We want to end today's sermon by challenging you. We want to end today's service by challenging you. We're going to do something that's a little bit um, for? unconventional. Maybe you've never uh, experienced this in church or had a pastor tell you this, but here's what we want to do. Today... You guys are going to love me. Today, we're issuing a seven-day sex challenge. All right? We are issuing a seven-day sex challenge. Now, if you're in the room, here's the way it works. There's two seven-day sex challenges. If you're in the room today and you're not married, here's what we're challenging you to do. For seven days, we're challenging you to make a decision to abstain from all things sex. Pornography, masturbation, sex with somebody that is your significant other, uh, a boyfriend or girlfriend, a hookup, a booty call, whatever it is, seven days, okay, God, I want to take the next seven days and I'm going to do it, you well, I'm not going to do it, but I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, you know what I mean, seven days, God's way, seven days, all, I mean, all, some of us, this is huge, seven days, it is huge, I, I get that. If you're in the room and you're married, here's what we're challenging you to do. Have sex once a day for the next seven days. (laughs) Listen, we're not asking you or challenging you to do something that we haven't done ourselves. This is exactly how we uh, brought our relationship back together uh, after our biggest challenge after we had Sadie. Trying to figure out how to have sex and how to be close to one another again. And we read this in a book. And we decided, you know what, um, seven days in a row, we're going to have sex. And when you say that, like, all the guys are gonna be like, yeah, we're all seven days. <laughs> like, they thought, I'm going to be honest with you, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> 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 all right, let's just come on, I'm a piece of me, let's just, you know, whatever it is. And one day somebody's not going to want to, one day somebody is going to want to, whatever it is. it will fix a lot of problems in your marriage. Now some of you, you, you haven't had sex in seven months. And, and, and so you need to have some conversations and figure this out. It's very emotional. You get that? Seven days. So when you come back next time, I expect worship to be pretty tight next Sunday. <laughs> come on, God, you are good! You know? And, uh, yeah, seven days. Seven days sex challenge. Don't tweet that. Don't like Facebook that. <laughs> we don't need any like after shots Like, this is extra that. <laughs> Please don't do that. Okay. Alright, so we got um, we have some questions. point just came in. Does the challenge to start today? Yes, it does. Make it work for you. If you need to start tomorrow. Okay. Um, so we have some questions. We've gone so long. I hope this has been helpful. We just blow our time up here in this period. Okay, um, so a couple questions here. Um, Wow. Is masturbation a sin for a single man? Um, I would say, yes, it is. Um, The reason I'm even hesitant to say, like, yes, it is, is because I do believe when you say sin, like, sin, is it God's plan for your life? It is not God's plan for your life. I believe that with all of my heart, and I believe what the Bible says. Like, don't awaken love until time is right. Um, But I also understand that, Um, Let me just say this. I don't believe you should do it. I don't believe you should do it. I was going to try to clarify all this. and The the quick answer to that question is, I don't believe it's God's plan for your life. And I don't believe that you're doing yourself any favors by by going down that path before. um, Yeah. So, yeah, I would would say that. Um, Here's another question. Man, so so much we can say here. Um, There's a couple who hasn't been together in many years started as a medical thing, but now, like, there's just kind of grown apart, and so what do they do to even start bringing that back together? I'm going to let
1: you take that one. Thank you. Okay. Um, I think, again, it's kind of similar to the question earlier, but I think you actually have to start with the husband. Like, you have to pay the lay the groundwork uh, of validating um, your wife as your only option and that you care for her, and it's going to make a wife a lot more able to kind of overcome some of those challenges. I would say, and I, again, like don't know the specifics of this, but I would say um, starting there and honest conversations and figuring out um, how you can help one another. What do you need from me because I love you and I care for you and I want us to get this thing right and, and start there. We also, <laughs> this is funny, I don't know if remember this, we also had a time when we did 5 o'clock makeouts. Um, so it's like everybody came home, you know, that's kind of the time. It was like 5 o'clock, thank you.
0: So uh, that, that also kind of helped break the ice. Was that. You got to start somewhere. So that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, and we're not taking it lightly. Obviously, we just, I mean, like, I, would, I would suggest counseling, not because you're weird or broken, but because, like, and what God wants to do in that marriage is incredible as we break down some of those barriers. The 7 days sex challenge is probably not the right starting point for you. But there is a starting point for you. And uh, yeah, so um would you agree that sometimes sex has a super glue sustainable Would you agree that sometimes sex has a super can be thought of as a way to fix problems instead of talking and being close mentally? Yes, I would say that's true. I, I, would, I would say that's true. But in our experience I and mean, in the couple that we talked about these types of things, um we don't know a lot of people who are like well we hate each other but let's just live together
1: I think it confuses Address some of the other problems. I mean, there are obviously, we have lots of, you know, situations and circumstances represented even here this morning. So we do not claim to know or understand the facets of all of them. Um, but I do think that it makes you vulnerable with your partner in a good way, that you can get to a place where you can have honest conversation and it kind of diffuses the tension that is there and it makes you feel like a team again. Uh, and so I see if you can kind of start there then yeah working through some of the other
0: what do you topics? do when a spouse has cheated on you and you yeah. chose to stay together but you don't want to have sex anymore because it destroyed your marriage um, huge question I
1: think it's a super
0: important question we've talked about this with different couples and, and this answer sounds insensitive it's not meant to be insensitive but like you chose to like, stay. Mm-hmm. so you gotta be all in. yeah um, if you want to go go but when you chose to stay you chose to forgive.
1: I think when you choose to say and you choose to forgive, you cannot keep holding that against your spouse. Like, at some point, you have to move forward to heal, and I just don't know if the best approach for healing when the major fault and problem is about sex. I mean, at its core level, it's about sex, to say, I just can't, I mean, I understand is, totally. it, like, it, is, totally it. it is a huge, you know, amount to climb. But I definitely would
0: encourage I just say that hey, goes back like to First Corinthians 7. Like i say, I'm choosing, I've chosen to be your wife, which means there, there are certain things. And then um uh just let's see two more. Um uh da, 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 da,
1: but I can't have sex to with you because then I'll trust you. You hurt me too bad. I just can't, like, let you touch me. I'm punishing him all over again every single time. It's, it's my way of throwing a dagger over and over and over and over. But if I choose to stay with him and we're going to work through it, then we have to work through it. And it might take tons of time. I'm not saying that it will be fixed tomorrow, but we've got to be moving in that direction because it's, I think, and this again is just my opinion, I think it's the way for a wife to, like...
0: Uh, two more questions. One: Should I have to ask for forgiveness for, for, from God uh, because I love my same-sex partner? I would say you don't have to keep asking for forgiveness for being attracted or being in love with them, but an active lifestyle. Because, there again, we believe, in, in, in a many not many minority people, but a growing minority of people, disagree with this. You know, our stance is that the Bible teaches that, that, that God created one man and one woman, and so we fully believe. Uh, and this is such a can of worms, and I not permission then to be in a relationship that God does not the design. Um, and I would love to talk to you about that but I know I will probably have said you when I said that. Uh, and then the last one, let's just go on all night. Is oral sex sin or what about touching the other person maybe inappropriately, is that a sin? Wow. Um, I don't know if
1: you... want to answer. I'm assuming they mean
0: dating oh. within oh. marriage okay. definitely. Within marriage so. we <laughs>